You're now listening to The Cadence Sprint. All right, everyone. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I know we all care about, most of us experience, and I hope that you can get something out of this that will be useful for you. Let's talk about protecting our sleep. So if you think about sleep, you know, I hear people in the work world, but not just in the work world, because as many of you know, I came up playing in like punk and hardcore and I was a therapist before. So I've heard a lot of people's takes on sleep and I'm there for it. I want to hear how you sleep, like what your problems are, what your strategies are. But the thing that I've heard come up again and again and again that I I do want to challenge is how much sleep people need. Someone who is kind of like in normal adult life, let's just say anyone who's in like their 20s all the way up to like their, their 60s, typically requires between seven to nine hours of sleep. You might think that you need less. And I'm not here to argue with you. You know, you do you. But I will suggest that very, very few people can get by on less sleep. There's actually a name for these people. They're called short sleepers. It is a tiny percentage of the population who can get by with less than seven hours of sleep. Just like when people say to me, oh, you know, Aram, if I'm going to go have a difficult conversation or go give a presentation, I don't like to prepare. I'm better off the cuff or I'm better if I shoot from the hip. A lot of people say that to me. And I will tell you that dramatically people are wrong on this. Most people are better. Vast majority of people are better if they practice, if they prepare, they get their thinking straight. But a ton of people think I'm actually better if I don't. That's because they don't know how to practice effectively. It's the same with sleep. A lot of people say I'm fine with with you know five hours of sleep. Okay, maybe you're one of those kind of like miracle short sleeper people. But what's much more likely is that you're someone who's gotten used to being chronically sleep deprived. And that means, yeah, you can get by. You're used to getting by with lesser results. You're used to you operating at a level that isn't optimum, that isn't your best, where you don't feel your best. You don't think your best. You're not in your emotional best state because you've done it so often that you've habituated yourself to it. You can get by with less sleep and you've just gotten used to not being your best self. Take a minute to digest that. There's no judgment here. That has been me for the vast majority of my life. When I was touring in bands, I was getting like such little sleep because, you know, you're out in the world, you want to see things, you're hanging out with friends. And I always thought I was fine. When I was in university, it was the same. Early career, it was the same. But somewhere, you know, in my kind of 40-ish years, I started to really feel that impact of not having sleep. I could get up, I could go and operate on five hours of sleep, but I was not my best self. And that's where I started doing a lot of research into this. Getting that seven to nine hours of sleep isn't just about your energy and how you show up. It's also about your mental health. And the way I encourage you to think about sleep, let's just say, arguably, eight hours is best. You know, seven to nine hours is fine for most of us, but let's just say eight so that we can keep the math easy. The way I'd encourage you to think about it is the first four hours of sleep, the first half of the night, that's about physical recuperation. But the second half of the night is about your mental health. It's about processing the day. It's about processing emotional content. It's about memory. It doesn't mean that that's not happening throughout the entire night, but the big push on the first part of the night is physical recuperation. And the big push on the second part of the night is mental health. So let's unpack that. There are four stages of sleep. The first three are NREM, so non-rapid eye movement sleep. 
The last stage is REM sleep, rapid eye movement. In those first three stages, you are processing mostly physical recuperation. There's a little bit of the memory retention, managing emotional uh, experiences throughout the day in that third stage of NREM, but the vast majority of NREM sleep is around physical recuperation. It's in REM sleep, you know, where you're like really dreaming, your body's like basically paralyzed. That's where you process the emotional content of the day. So your emotional labor, all of the challenging things have kind of like maxed out your, you know, your whole... That could be anything from something that kind of minor, like, you know, if someone cuts you off in traffic, all the way to really serious things. All of that stuff gets processed at night. It's also where we process positive emotional content, good things that happen in the day, great experiences, happy thoughts, all of that. We process that at night. And all of that processing is so that we can take things, make sense of it in our head, and then move it into our long-term memory. We form the core of our long-term memories, that processing at night during REM sleep. When we get less sleep, we usually are getting less sleep on the tail end of the night because, you know, we go to bed at whatever time. So again, our body focuses first on physical recuperation. But then when you get past a certain point, your REM sleep starts getting longer and then it focuses more into that piece. If you're only getting a short amount of sleep, yes, you're getting physical recuperation. Not all that you could get, but a lot of it because that's where that first push is. But all of the benefits, the mental health benefits, the memory benefits are not there, especially the one that is the most subject to this, processing positive emotional content. So these four stages of sleep, you go through them again and again and again through night. Stage one, two, three, four, then you start again, then you start again. In the first part of the night, the first three stages are the long ones, and REM sleep is the shorter one. But then around kind of midpoint, those other stages are the lesser stages and REM sleep gets longer and longer and longer. As you get closer to the wake up time, that's when you're in your deepest sleep and that's where the majority of that stuff is getting done. So think about it. If you're used to or need to get between seven and nine hours, but you're getting five hours, you're getting mostly physical recuperation, which again is super important. You need your energy but you're not getting enough REM sleep. Absence of REM sleep long-term causes an increase in stress, anxiety, becoming reactive to things that have strong emotional content, so an inability to manage our emotional state. It can also cause long-term mental health consequences. Now, I'm not saying that people don't sleep because they don't want to or because they're out partying all night. Sometimes just life events that keep us in that space. What I'm gonna encourage you to think about is use the term sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene is like, how do I take care of my sleep? How do I protect it? So I'm just going to give you some really simple, practical tools. The first, right in the morning, get as much direct sunlight as you can. Open up your windows right when you get up in the morning. If you can, you know, go outside in the morning. Really get that cortisol going. Get that like wake up hormone going so that you're really feeling it. Throughout your day, if you're a coffee drinker, that's totally fine. But don't drink coffee past 1230. No stimulants past 12.30. If you're a napper, like I am, don't nap past 2.30. The only nap that you should be taking should be 15 to 20 minutes in a day, and you should never do it past 30 minutes. As you're going through your day, as, a, as you get into the night, start reducing the amount of sunlight that's coming in, especially in the summer hours. Draw your blinds. Make sure in your bedroom you have blackout blinds. Then, as you're getting closer to the night, reduce your screen time, especially screens with blue light. If you want to watch a movie before you go to bed, which isn't recommended, 
Don't watch it on a big screen, watch it on a small screen, an iPad or something like it, but a little bit further away. But the encouragement is an hour before you sleep, you should be having no screen time at all. When you go to bed, don't read in bed. Your room should just be a temple of just sleep. You shouldn't be in there reading books, having screen time, doing anything like that. Treat your bedroom like a temple of rest. So when you're in there, you're in there to sleep. Sleep hygiene is super important because it also lets you know when you have sleep debt. So if you're used to sleeping eight hours a night and you only sleep six and you're like, oh, I owe myself at least two hours of sleep. All that tells you is you know when you're operating at a deficit and you can aim to recoup that in a week. But that doesn't mean you should sleep in. In fact, sleeping in is an unhealthy habit. You should aim to get up in the morning and go to sleep at night at the same time seven days a week. But if you do have sleep debt, what you can do is tack on half an hour at the end of the night when that REM sleep is longer or max an hour. Half an hour to an hour is not gonna impact anything too much, but sleeping in more than that can start breaking your sleep hygiene habit. Listen, I know we live in a stressful time. The world moves fast. We have a lot more information that we can help you with. So please look at the links below about all of our content that we have on sleep. And if you ever have any questions, reach out because we have a lot more strategies that can help you. But what I encourage you is sleep is the front line of wellness, both physical and mental. Protect your sleep at all costs. Talk to you next time.